Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. Overtime is our weekly podcast where we go a little bit deeper into the weekend message. This past week, Gary was sharing with us. We made our way into Luke 18 as we were continuing our Christmas checklist series. Um, and we are excited to jump into that. But before we do, I want to give you some highlights specifically regarding COW. COW is our midweek offering, and it stands for Connect on Wednesday. Really, it's something that we encourage our church. If you are looking for maybe the next steps and want to get involved, maybe want to get to know some people, this is probably the best way for you to do that, where you can come out on a Wednesday night at 5.30. We share a meal. That meal is a suggested donation of $5 each or up to $25 per family. Um, and from 5.30 to 6.30, we can share a meal. You can come out to that. You can meet new people there. You can just, if you don't want to meet new people while you eat, that's fine too. You can kind of <laughs> find a spot and, and eat your meal. And then at 6.30, we start classes. Those classes go for children. They go for youth. There's classes for adults. Um, and then there's classes like Celebrate Recovery. Um, there's a ton of different offerings. So we encourage you, if you want to come out to the meal, you can do that. If you want to come out just to the teaching, you can do that. You could do both of them. We encourage that. like We love when people come for the meal and then stay for the classes. Really, it's an offering that you can kind of pick and choose whatever you would like to be a part Absolutely. of. So we are going to be doing that again this week. So as we're recording this, this is December 14th. So we have one more week, December 15th, before we actually take a two-week break. So because of the holidays coming up, we are taking off next week, which I'll get you the dates here. We're taking off on December 22nd, and we're also taking off on December 29th. So we will not be having any normal classes. There won't be any meals. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is canceled. I was informed just a couple minutes before we started this recording that on the 22nd, the Advent class that has been meeting weekly, they are finishing up on the 22nd, but it's important for you to note that there won't be any kids programming. There won't be any meals. Um, there won't be any youth programming. So for those that are coming to that class, they are just finishing out that Advent teaching. So they will meet on the 22nd, but nothing else will be meeting. So wanted to make you aware of that. So the other thing then related to Cal is that as we kind of close out our semester, we would love for you to give any feedback that you have for that. So today, you should see it on our website. You might see it on our social media or you'll see it in the next few days. Um, and you should also be receiving that via email. We are sending out kind of a uh, evaluation form. So if you want to give us any thoughts that you had on classes, any thoughts on meals, any thoughts on schedule and timing, we're just trying to do kind of an end of semester evaluation of that. So as we relaunched after everything with COVID, we're just kind of saying, hey, how's this looking? How's our church feel about it? Do we like it? Is there anything that needs to change? So we're just taking an, yeah. an honest assessment of it. Not really planning on changing anything right now, but it really does depend on what is kind of heard through this evaluation. So I would encourage you to, to do that and that would help us out immensely. And that's all the announcements that I'm going to share because I feel like we've we've been in this for about four minutes. Let me see. Uh, we, we've done announcements for about three and a half minutes, so I feel like I should stop doing no, the announcements. Good. So um, as usual, if you are joining us online and you are live with us, we would love to hear from you. We've got all four of our different platforms open that you can just type into the chat. If you have a question, we'll get to that. 
Um, I didn't even look to see if we had any emails this week. No emails, I see right now that there's no emails for this week. So we're just kind of jump into a discussion and then we'll go for however long we go for. If we go for an hour, great. 45 minutes, 35, 20, I don't know, 10. Sounds good. <laughs> it won't be 10 <laughs> because I've already taken four minutes and we haven't even gotten to the yeah, content yeah, yeah, yet. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, That's with good. that, I'll start to be quiet a little bit. I'll play with my laptop. But uh, yeah. Gary did communicate with us. This is, I will say it's unfortunate Gary's last Sunday with us. This is his last full week of work as he transitions and moves on to yeah. what God is calling him to next. So we are a little bit saddened, but really excited for what God is going to do in and through Gary as he continues on from the Christian Life Center. Um, and he, he, you'll hopefully you'll still see him around. I was going to say you'll see him around, but that was a bit presumptuous on my part. <laughs> so hopefully you'll see him around um, like he's still in the area. So right, right. if you have any questions, right. I'm sure that you, you're welcome to reach out to him. So Absolutely. Gary, would you like to give us a recap of what we talked about sure, this past week? Sure, and sure. I'll just be quiet. Yeah, no, that's fine. So we talked about the persistent widow and this this really, you know, unruly judge. And it was just a, a really interesting um, parable. You know, Luke 18 talks about, you know, that, um, you know, how is it that God enters into this? And, you know, the uh, the judge is right away classified as, you know, um, doesn't fear God, doesn't, you know, trust people. And so just a really bad rap on the judge. Um, and it was a little bit like, um, I sort of thought of it a bit like a boxing match, you know, because mm -hmm. you had the plaintiff on one side, then you had the defendant on the other side. And, you know, all of this takes place in this court of law. And so it was just a really, uh, I, I thought, a really engaging passage. I enjoyed yeah. it, um, you know, enjoyed um, learning about it. I, I did want to say, too, and I don't know if this might be the place to jump in. I don't sure, know, man. But, let's let's so, um, jump around. So one of the questions that came back, actually, L.K. Jordan Okay. sort of um, talk to me about um, this whole idea of Asaph. And so that was an interesting thing. So Asaph, okay. Asaph wrote a bunch of different, um, a different um, Psalms. And um, one of the things that, um, it was interesting thinking about that because actually there's sort of this sense that maybe it was the children of Asaph that later became sort of the musicians of the church okay. and all that kind okay. of thing. And um, and so, um, but the one psalm that I referred to, and this is where LK wanted to help me out, which was okay, good, you know, okay. so um, it basically the passage I read says, how long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and oppressed, rescue the weak and the needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. But what was interesting was he pointed out that that actually, you know, that's the part I, I chose to preach on. But then he talked about how this is all written in this sort of funny way of talking about, quote, the gods. So there's sort of a big or a little g gods, okay. and there's also the big g god. And so um, it says basically that, you know, God resides in the great assembly, render, renders judgment among the gods. So that was the little g. But then at the very end in verse 8, it says, <laughs> rise up, O God, judge the earth. For all the nations are your inheritance. And that's where it, it's uppercase God. So sure. so it's interesting. I, I mean, he he was um, helpful in that. Just talking about, you know, that there's sort of this little case gods. Um, and that we think a lot of times they're the ones that are in charge. But the reality is that God is the one who's judging the whole earth. And so, so I thought that was just a helpful 
piece that he brought in. And so um, yeah. he says that um, if we examine the Psalms written by Asaph, we can see that all of them have to do with the judgment of God, and many involve the prayers of the people at the prospect or moment of a particular event. Yeah. And so that was part of what was happening with that. So I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so the, this week we had turned the corner into chapter 18, right? Like, yeah, we were yeah. one through eight of chapter 18. And as you've already said, so it's it's kind of talking about this um, this judge who you did point out, like, didn't honor God, didn't care for God, like, yeah. was just kind of doing his own thing, which for me was a little bit unique because if we're talking about the Jewish system, yeah. how could a judge who was, like, Israelite and yeah. Jewish, like, yeah. I mean, obviously we see Jesus' interactions with the Pharisees who are missing it. Right, right, right. But this judge who blatantly, and now this is a parable, so this isn't necessarily right. actual truth, but it's more of a story that Jesus is saying, but... Like, man, how does a, a, a Jewish Israelite leader of a judge not believe in God? Like, yeah, yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. So I think, that's, I think that's part of the case of what, you know, Luke 18 is talking about. Yeah. That, you know, it is this judge that has no respect for God, no fear of God, yeah. no fear of people, no respect for people. So there's that sense of, of fear and respect that's going on there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, what's happening is that... Um, you know, it really does function as a um, as a parable about the need to pray and not lose heart. And so, yeah. as you get into verse one, that's the that's the real thing that's that happens is that there's this sense of, you know, we need to be persistently crying out to God yeah. and realizing that God not only hears our prayers, but God is actually answering our prayers and walking with us in the midst of that. And I think yeah. that's an important thing for us to remember. I mean, I think that's important for us to remember even in our Christian life that, you know, sometimes I think our, you know, our cries to God are just the heartfelt, like, yeah. oh my gosh, God, what's happening? How, where are you at? What are yeah. you doing? You know, and, and I like this idea of lament that, you know, <laughs> it's that whole sense of, you know, God, I just need you to show up. I just need to, to know that you're here with me, yeah. all that kind of thing. So I think that's important. And this is like, so this idea of persistence really is what we want and hope that will stick with you, right? Like, so we talk about the judge and we look at that and there's more facets of that that we'll, we'll continue to dive into. But just as a reminder, this is our Christmas series. And so it's we, we're titling yeah. our Christmas series, Christmas Checklist. And the whole idea behind that is that there's always things that we are rushing around trying to do. Like, like Christmas, there's a ton of different lists generally, right? Yeah. Like my mind right away goes to the list of people that I need to buy presents for. Like right, right. I don't want to miss yeah. any and I don't want to yeah. forget any. And to be honest, I live with my wife and that's about it. We have two dogs. I don't even buy gifts for the dogs. Like, like <laughs> So I have my wife and that's really the only person. But there's still this and it's not. I mean, there's there's coworkers, there's friends, yeah. coworkers. Like I've yeah, ever yeah, yeah. actually given you guys gifts, <laughs> like significant gifts. They're all for my wife. Anyway, um, but there's there's lists that we come up with. Like for me, it goes to gifts right away. Who do I have to shop for? What do I have to get? And the, almost this overwhelming sense of what has to happen. Um, and then there's lists of other things like Christmas cards. This is another area of, oh, yeah. of weakness yeah. for me. Yeah. I don't do anything with Christmas cards. No. But my wife loves to do Christmas cards. She loves to receive them. She loves to give them. And just is a way to connect with people. And in, in that sense, I agree with my wife. It's a great connection. I just don't want to have to do any of the work of it. Right, right. So just this idea that there's a lot of checklists, that we're doing things, that we're trying to get. 
And in that, what we want to do is kind of focus on a few different things. Like we want you to focus on expectation. That was the first week what Christian mm-hmm. talked about. Right. Expecting that God is going to move and that God is moving currently and will show up in your life. Second week, we're, we're talking about persistence. Like this is another item where we, we should be persistent in our prayers and our requests yeah. and our supplication and our exaltation of Jesus. Like we should be persistent mm-hmm. like this widow was. And we see this story. So, it's our Christmas checklist this coming week. We'll talk about acceptance, really accepting God's gift by grace because it's nothing that we do. And we'll, yeah. we'll see that as we continue through 18. But really the idea behind this is that in these lists, let's focus on a few important things, expectation, persistence, and acceptance. Those are three things that we want to go, God, would we be about what you would have us focus on? So as much as we're using these these parables and these stories in the book of Luke, it's also kind of pointing back to really the topic of what is being talked about in this passage and going, hey, this Christmas season, don't lose sight of that. Yeah. Don't lose yeah. sight of that. Yeah. Be persistent in your prayers, in your supplication, in your requests mm-hmm. presenting to God. So, so that's kind of a big overview. And then like, like Gary was talking about on Sunday, like we're kind of even discussing now, we're going into the details of that, of looking at this story. And I do think it is a, it's a very interesting parable. So in Luke verse one, it says, Jesus told a parable to show them um, that they should always pray and not give up. So it's interesting because we've talked about in the parables series, sometimes Jesus would explain why he was doing a parable. Sometimes he wouldn't. Here, Luke records for us exactly why Jesus tells this parable. That's good. That's good. So if you are unsure about what this parable means, just reread verse 1. It says, Jesus told his disciples, not the Pharisees, not the groups uh, of crowds, but he told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Yeah. We could say amen and close the podcast right now. We won't, but we could like, because that is why Jesus gives this parable so that we should pray and not give up. So if, if you haven't listened to the message already, we always encourage you to kind of let that be part one. This is part two, but as a summary, verse one, pray and not give up. Yeah. Right. Like, would you add anything to that? No, I think that's, I think that hits it right on the head that I think, you know, it's, it's the whole idea that, um, you know, it's the persistence that counts. And so I think, again, it launches some interesting questions about yeah, prayer. I absolutely. Mean, like, you know, that, you know, first of all, realizing God always hears our prayers. Second of all, God always answers our prayers. I think mm-hmm. that's important to realize, too. And sometimes the answers come <laughs> in different ways. Like sometimes yeah. the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is wait a while, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, so God is is active in this. And so... I think coming to God with the assurance uh, or the persistence, maybe, you know, that we can actually just lay everything right before God, that God wants to hear everything going on in us, the the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, you know? I do feel like I've got so many questions as we talk about persistence and look at the story. I'm thinking that I'll wait, I'll hold off on some of my questions as we work through this, because it seems really weird that Jesus is going, hey, pray and don't give up. And then he tells the story who, in my mind, I put this woman as an obnoxious, like nagging woman that it's like, oh my gosh, like leave me alone. But there's a, this is what Jesus is encouraging the disciples to do. Like, so in my mind, as I play it out, I'm going, man, obnoxious, like annoying, just being a pest and pestering. Right, 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 right. But Jesus is saying, 
to do exactly that. Yeah, that's right. Like so, so let's jump into yeah, this. Yeah, so I think um, that's really important. What translation did you use? I on used Sunday? New Re New Revised Standard All Version. Right. Is what I used. Then I want to try and look that up. Sure. Uh, New Revised Standard Version. Yeah. So I want to read it in the 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 translation that you did. So here it says, uh, reread verse one, and we'll jump into verse two. It says, then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and to not lose heart. Verse 2, it says, He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. Yeah. This, honestly, this would disqualify you, I think, oh, for does. being a judge. Yeah. Right? The, the judge is the antithesis of, <laughs> of what it means to be godly. I yes. mean, like, you know, he's, he's um, right from the very beginning, I think that this is the... This is the shadow that Luke yeah. is trying to, to portray. Like, yeah, right. Okay, so here, here's this really problematic person. And yeah. yet, at the same time, the widow has to come to him yeah. to plead her, case, plead her case. So that's hard. And yeah, and this is the parable that Jesus had said. You had talked uh, um, about, like, the court system and how that worked. That, yeah, yeah. Like, there wasn't a... It wasn't like if, you know, nowadays if we have trouble, we call the police. Right. Police show up and instantly judge right. or interpret the law yeah. and say, well, what you're doing is wrong or there's not you're not doing anything wrong. If you're doing something wrong, they take you away. Right. There wasn't police back in that time. There exactly. was, sure, the Roman government, but you didn't want the Roman no. government coming in. <laughs> no, you sure didn't. Like, because the Roman government is going to do whatever they oh, want man, to and yeah. their soldiers are going to do whatever it's they want gonna to. It's not going to be good, yeah. So how did the court system kind of work in that day and age? Just for us to have an understanding maybe of what they would have naturally had an understanding yeah, so, of. Yeah, so the way the court system worked back then was that there, there still was a kind of legal system. I yeah. mean, like, for example, if if you um, if you actually murdered someone, you know there was there was a city of refuge you could run to, all that mm. kind of thing. Um, so there was there was a sense of um, that that there's right ways to act and wrong ways yeah. to act and that kind of thing. But the reality is that um, it was pretty convoluted and pretty difficult sure. for people to understand. And so, sure. um, but again, like if somebody, um, you know, there was a the whole sense of, and I'm going to forget what the name of it is, but the whole sense of sort of the legal sense, like you couldn't, you know, poke somebody's eye out. Um, if you did that, they could poke your eye out. I yeah, mean, there was an that eye that, for that, an eye, yeah, for an tooth. eye, tooth for a tooth, all that kind of stuff. So, so it gets pretty, it gets pretty difficult in some ways to sort of figure how that works. So you would, I think you had said on Sunday. So basically, if you had a grievance against somebody, you would ultimately take them to court. Yes. Right. So that's you're going to, so right. we'll just make something up. Yeah. Um, you stole, uh, my claim is that you right. stole a sheep from my pasture. Exactly. Right. And yeah. I'm going to take you to court. Yeah. And you used it. I don't know. I'm just making this. No, elaborate. but it's true. Yeah. But like you used it as a sacrifice. Like this is a story in the Bible. Like you used that um, to feed somebody that came over. So you right. killed my lamb rather than yours. Right. You killed my lamb and used that to feed your guests. And yeah. so I'm outraged because you took my lamb and I want payment. Yeah, I want that's to right. be repaid that's right. for what was my property. So exactly. So we go to, it wasn't, it wouldn't have been the Sanhedrin, right? Because that was like the no, highest it it Jewish been. court, yeah, so, but a smaller court. Well, the Pharisees are still tied into this. And okay. I'm not, I mean, again, I, you know, thinking back about how that worked, but they're still tied into this because one of the things Jesus is trying to get them to see is that, <laughs> you know, the coming of the kingdom is going to be different than how they were viewing yeah, it. Right, right. So, so they're definitely one of the bystanders sort of overhearing what's happening okay. here, that kind of thing. But I think at the same time, you know, what happens is that they're, you know, they're just struggling with this, struggling to figure out, you know, how does the legal system work? What part do I play? Sure. What part don't I sure. play? All that kind of thing. And, and even now I'm thinking about it, like there might have been, maybe there was elders in the town that would be kind of the ruling 
judge yeah. that if there was a you know concern, I'm going to bring my concern to the elder, mm-hmm. a ruling elder of the town who sat. I'm thinking of like how Absalom, um, King David's son, sat at the gate and like greeted yeah. people and talked about if there would only be a judge. So thousands of years later, maybe there's elders that are right. sitting there that right. I'm bringing my grievance to them and they're going to make a judgment of exactly. what was right yeah. and what was wrong. And Jehoshaphat and others, I mean, there's just all kinds of different yeah, um, right. different um, passages that talked about, you know, what it was that God was working and how God was working in the midst of it. And so the reality is that, um, you know, God um, had, there were certain, like you said, certain judges, certain people yeah. put in place where if there was a dispute, you could come and you yeah, could talk right. that out with them. Right, right. So continuing on in verse 3, it says, so, a uh, certain judge, verse 2, in the city who neither feared God nor had respect for people, which were really the two qualifying things that you needed to be a judge. But he doesn't have that. Parable, made-up story, Jesus is telling for a purpose. Um, verse 3, in that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. Yeah. Verse 4 says, For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, Yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. So here's this, and you did take uh, some time to talk about the importance of of the the Jewish faith, of Christianity, like our faith and our God's kind of calling to care for widows and orphans. And yeah, like yeah. and there's even a special relationship here that this judge who would represent God would even do a far better job of of following the law of God, of taking care of widows and orphans. But here he completely neglects that. So I don't know if there's anything more that you wanted to talk through that. Well, I think it it, just that that the people of Israel, and I think during the time of the Exodus in particular, they they learned about the sojourner in their land. In fact, if you look at like the Sabbath regulations and stuff like that, it talked about taking into mind the person who was not, who was the resident alien. They weren't, they weren't part of the people of Israel, but at the same time, they were there with the band of Israelites. And so I think that that was an important piece to to understand as well. One of the fun (coughs) fun things about this, um, one of the fun things about this uh, parable to me was that um, it talked about the woman coming and sort of wearing him out. And um, what was interesting about that to me was that um, there's this sort of persistence that she has. But the other thing that was sort of fun was that it actually was a metaphor that was um, from the from boxing. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, and so what happened is, um, you know, the the, the Greek literally says uh, she might come and give me a black eye. Is that what does that mean? Like, does that mean like through a bad reputation that he gets? Like, is that a? Yeah, I guess it could be metaphorical. Yeah, or, it or is it literal. physical? It but she's going to show yeah. up and punch him and in the face. And she's going to punch him right in the eye. <laughs> you know, and so I think again, that's I mean, that's an interesting thing. And so, okay. but but again, the point of the parable is to say that if even such a rotten judge as this, yeah, yeah. you know, is able to um, be trusted to do the right thing, um, then of course God, who is actually justice in person, and yeah. I thought that was, um, you know, I I, I enjoyed sort of uh, making that point, you know, God who is just as in person and actually cares passionately about people will vindicate them and see that justice is done. And so, so again, you know, the summary of this is that, you know, God's people are sort of like litigants, you know, in a court of law in a lawsuit waiting for God's own um, verdict to come. Yeah. 
I, I did think that, and you had talked about how, or maybe not talked about, maybe speculate, like this, if she's a widow, like women and children were looking, looked down upon in that society and in right, that age. Right, right, right. A male was the one that owned land that was able yes. to testify in court. Like, so a widow was really kind of stripped of rights. And so it would have been critical probably for her of going, no, 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 this this injustice needs to be righted because if it's not, I have nothing. Like, so it's, yeah. it's a good speculation or good thought to believe that, man, there's probably money involved in this yes, that yes, she is counting right. on and relying on yeah. because she's, she's a widow. She has lost her husband. Yeah. And therefore, does that mean she's lost land? Does yeah. that, yeah. there's so many questions and so much more speculation. We could do that in there. But really, again, this is a parable that Jesus using is to emphasize the point of persistence and yeah. if such a bad judge does the right thing as you yeah. just said yeah how much more will god and we'll exactly. continue in that yeah, but, that's good. but i do think i do love that idea of kind of giving a black eye like yeah by either the either metaphorically, metaphorically or literally yeah. you know so yeah yeah and i feel like i've always struggled with this passage of of not understanding because again I don't know. Like, as I look at it, I think of nagging. I think of like uh-huh. whining and complaining. Right, and, right, like, right, right. Just this needy person, even if they're right. And I don't know if this is right or wrong on my part, but even if that person was justified in doing so, yeah. I'm like, man, that sounds so needy and whiny. Yeah. But, but if you were to be in her shoes, right. if I was to be in right, her shoes, right, right, right. I'm sure that I would see it so differently. Yeah. A- especially me. I have a very much a justice like desire like it's part yeah. of my my personality is that I long and like need justice like when yeah. things are unjust I get a little bit annoyed like I sure, it just things sure. are unsettled in me yeah um and so if I'm in the seat of this woman of I would be undignified and angry and yeah. like this yeah. has to be made right yeah. so it's just always been interesting for me that this is the picture that God paints for his disciples that we should be like. Yeah. That we, when we, uh, and I don't know, maybe you can speak to this. When we talk about prayer, um, how do we know if it's the right or the wrong prayer? Like, how do we know we're praying in accordance to God's will? Yeah. Like, how do we, like, uh, just using this picture of going, what does that look like to to be aggressive kind of in our in our uh uh, expectation in our our desire and wanting to see um, uh, persistence. Like, how do we be persistent in our prayers um, and not come across as needy or whiny yeah. or yeah. annoying? I don't know. Is that a good question? Maybe that's I, a I bad think it, question. No, but. I think it's a good question. So I I think that it just comes from being honest with God. Like yeah. I think I think again, it's just sort of if we think about prayer, and I've a lot of times. Um, in different things I've been involved in, we talk about prayer as communion and communication with God. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we think about it that way, then you know part of it is that we're in <coughs> we're in communion with God when we're praying. But the other thing is that we're actually communicating with God. Yeah. So I think that the hard part about this, and this is just me, but the hard part is that sometimes um, we don't think about prayer as actually just listening also. And I think that that's another piece, like some of the spiritual disciplines are, you know, learning to actually just listen to God and and open our our mind to hear what God might have to say. Now, I have to admit that when that happens, a lot of times I think, okay, I don't know if that was God or just me, (laughs) you know, Um, but that's also part of the struggle, I think, like, you know, being able to discern then um, what is from God. And I I would say too that, um, 
you know, this widow is actually in a pretty tough place. I yeah. mean, she doesn't have a husband, which, yeah. which again, um, and see, one of the things that could happen is that um, um, she couldn't um, inherit her husband's estate because it got passed on to um, the deceased man's sons or brothers. Yeah. And so disputes that were, you know, involving widows were often very common. And yeah. that was hard. And that's what brings us to the the controversial passage of Psalm 82. <laughs> Which we had anyway. talked about in the beginning. Anything <laughs> yeah. that you wanted to tie the bridge from this to that or kind of already did that? So no, I think we've already, move. I think okay. we're good, yeah. yeah. So I want to continue on reading. So yeah. that was, um, let me find it yet. Uh, verse five, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so she may not wear me out by continually coming. And verse six, and we only went to verse eight, so there's only two more verses in this. And verse six says, and then the Lord said, listen to what the unjudge says. Verse 7, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him night and day? Will he delay long in helping them? And that's a question mark there. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the son of man comes, he will find faith on earth. Yeah. I feel like that last question, I've got a question, like I'm, it, yeah. because that's a question mark. Um, it says, when yet, when the Son of God comes, will he find faith on earth? There's yeah. a question there. I agree. And so that's, that is interesting. So again, talking about the story, the, the point that Jesus already tells us, that Luke tells us, is so that the disciples would be persistent in prayer. And then God is using this example of, his, uh, of a bad judge, or Jesus is using this example of a bad judge to say, if a bad judge gives justice, yeah. won't a good judge, won't a good father, yeah. won't he that much more That's right. give justice? That's right. And the wording that he says, I think, is beautiful because it, it, it imparts a, a relationship that we have. And yet the Lord said... Listen to what the unjust said, verse seven. And God will, uh, uh, and will not God grant justice to His chosen ones, to whom cry to Him night and day. I think that yeah. word "chosen ones" implies a relationship. Like, and, and I think "chosen" there, you could argue, would probably be like the Israelites; they were God's chosen people. But what we know is that God's ministry, and Luke is doing a, a yeah. significant job of pointing out. All of the people that are Gentiles, that are not Jewish, yeah, that's that right. Jesus is also ministering to. So all of the chosen ones, those that have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, those that are putting their faith in him, will he not grant justice to his chosen ones? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a beautiful statement. I there. do too. Any I other too. thoughts that you want to add well, to I that? Well, I would say that um, you have to understand too that all this is sort of capsulated in the whole concept of shalom. Yeah. And so sure. it has that idea of, you know, that um, that God is actually coming to bring God's peace mm. into the world and that we're invited into that. And so there's all kinds of stuff here. You know, I mean, like, you know, there's all kinds of passages that talk about the need of the orphan, the, um, you know, those yeah. who were, um, um, were the foreigner, those who were um, not, uh, those who were powerless. I mean, it yeah. just goes on and on, yeah. sort of helping us to think about that and that, that God actually does call us. And, and, and I think, you know, understanding too, that widows were actually, you know, a, a really important deal in the early yeah. church. And yeah. so I, I think again, and, and which again, sort of calls us to task even mm. in our own church to think about, you know, those who have lost, you know, a husband yeah. or, or perhaps um, they've lost a wife. And, you know, how do we how do we continue to be with people in the midst of all of that is so important. And so um, so they had a you know, they had a really 
um, a place of honor in the early church, and, and yeah. the early church took care of the widows. Yeah. And um, in fact, James says this, that um, in James one twenty seven, religion that is pure and undefiled before yeah. God, the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unblemished from the world. And yeah. so, you know, it's just a great call out again yeah. to, you know, what does it mean to be the church? And, yeah. you know, the church is meant to be the, those who takes care of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in community for a reason, right? Yeah. And then also um, we, we look out for those who are more vulnerable. Yeah. You know, how do we protect the vulnerable that's, that are also in our midst? And, you know, I think about people coming here to our church and, you know, they walk in the door and, you know, we don't, we don't know them yet, but yeah. we're getting to know them, you know, yeah. and, and, and just sort of hearing their story and realizing, you know, that they, they didn't show up randomly. God's bringing yeah. them here, drawing yeah. them here. And, you know, how do we get to know them? How do we, um, how do we partner with them? How do we walk with them? All those things are important. So, yeah. yeah. That's good. Sorry. I'm just checking to see if we have any live comments. I don't see any. Okay. Uh, yet. Well, as we continue, we're, and uh, honestly, if we're, if we're 40 minutes or whatever, we'll, we're good. We'll be done when we're done. We've got a couple more verses. I've got, yeah. or, so seven, I think is beautiful because it's a question, right? Like it ends even in a question, two questions. Yeah. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day? And that's a question. Will he delay long in helping them? That's a question. And then verse 8, what you see is that yeah. Jesus is answering the very question that he just asked, right? Yeah. It says, verse 8, I tell you, he will, be, uh, he will quickly grant justice to them. And there's a period there. Like, so, and I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. Like, so end of that, that verse, like he's answering his own question. Seven was a question or two questions. Jesus answers it in the beginning of eight. And then the second part says, and, and this is, again, goes back to a question, and yet, and I also know that this was your application for us. Yeah. Um, and the uh, second part of eight, it says, and yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Yeah. What, is, what does that mean? Is that a question that we should answer? Is it a question that we should live into? Because that was kind of your application. Like, what is, I guess, what does this verse mean in that, that God is looking for us to have faith or he's wanting us to have faith. And then I guess my question is going, is the persistence, is that directly tied to our growth of faith? Is that what's happening here? Is that it's in the persistence that we grow faith hmm. and with a lack of persistence, there's a lack of faith. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's presumptuous or not, but I'm no, just I some questions. Yeah. That I, I, so, so I think you got to tie it right to the beginning again, right? Yeah, so the, yeah. the point of the parable is that, you know, so that we would, you know, persist in prayer, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think once you once you sort of tie that together as a bow, link together both of those verses to the end, yeah, yeah. then I think Jesus's question becomes, you know, when um when um you know when will there still be faith on the earth? I mean, yeah. it's it's such a, I mean, that's a that's a cosmic question. Yeah, like, it's huge because it's yeah. like going, well, I hope well, so. Yeah, yeah. Because I hope I have faith, and then it makes you go. Do I have faith? Whoa, yeah. What, it was, yeah. Is Jesus asking if I will? Yeah. I will, I think. Right. I will? Right. I will. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, and I think it's just, it's it's a big cliffhanger. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, it's, a it's huge like, cliffhanger. okay, wow, well, what does that mean? And then how do we understand that? And so, so again, I think that, you know, one of the things I thought about was, um, 
you know, that we have to remember that our actions always speak louder than our words. Sure. And sure. so how do we act out the things that God's calling us to do and to be, you know, how do we do that? I think that's yeah. a, that's an important piece. And, and again, you know, there's no expression of faithfulness um, that's more faithful to God or more deeply rooted than the care for widows and also for orphans, strangers, powerless, homeless in our midst. I mean, again, as we think about being community, one of the things we need to think about is who are the people that don't have community and how do we become community for them? I think it's, yeah, I feel like this question, that last statement, and yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? is a huge question for me because it's it's almost a little bit terrifying of going, yes, I, I want to answer yes. Yeah, right. God right, will right. find faith right. because I want to be one of those faithful. Right, right, right. And then I feel like I do, my mind naturally connects to, well, how, how persistent am I in prayer? Uh-huh. And I think that maybe, I don't know, for you that are listening, hopefully it's a, it's a question for you as well. Um, I do think that there is some type of like, we've probably all known a grandmother or a mother who has prayed for their son or daughter to come oh, to know yeah. Christ for yeah. 50 years That's or right. 30 years or whatever. You fill in the details, but we've all heard these stories of somebody that was faithfully praying for yeah. somebody for years and years and years. And then most, you know, most of the great stories that we hear, they end with on their deathbed or before they died or before that person that was praying died. Like there's this amazing miracle that happens. But even I think it's equally as powerful that somebody doesn't see the results of their prayer. But in that, there's just something that's beautiful about our faith growing. Like I remember, like my grandmother was one of those that prayed for years and years and years and years. One of those areas that she prayed for years and years and years and years was for me to find a wife. And I am thankful for that. (laughs) I am so, grandma, if you were listening, they worked. Thank you. I appreciate it. Like, but just, I, I feel like, (laughs) <laughs> Anytime that I see my grandmother, I feel like my grandmother and Jesus watch The Price is Right together. Like yeah. they just sit down in the living room. Well, at least they used to. I don't know with Drew Carey, the new guy. Um, like they sit, I feel like they have such a relationship that they sit down and they watch television together. Yeah. And it's there's something in it that just naturally makes me wonder and go, man, is it those years of persistent praying that has built a faith? That is so evident that her and Jesus watch the prices right together. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. so I, yeah. I don't know if there's anything that you wanted to speak to well, specifically for that. But. I think that, I think it, again, the point of the parable is just, you know, to not lose heart, but yeah. to keep praying. So, so again, I think, you know, it, it, it in some ways it's a very simple, yeah. you know, sure. point, but at the same time, it's pretty profound because, the fact is, we, we do lose heart. We yes. do. We sometimes think, gosh, is God ever going to answer this prayer? Yes. Right? Um, but what we don't realize is that God is actually already at work in that. Yeah. And that God's actually calling us to it as well. And I think that's another piece that, you know, is worth thinking about. That, yeah. you know, if God's putting it on our heart, then God wants us to pray about that. And that's an important piece as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's a great statement. Uh, like just looking at that, like I'm, I'm challenged because I think it's so, it's so important in today's world too. Like we are so quick to give up and to give in. Like I, I don't want to make light of this and like bash our generation. Like, but you've seen like the memes that said, you know, uh, and I don't know if it was a true story or if it was a joke or what it was, but it was something about somebody asked an older couple how they had survived 50 years of marriage. 
and the the older couple's response, either the male or the female, was, "Well, in my generation, when things were broken, you fix them. Yeah. You didn't dis uh, like discard them." Yeah. And and I do think that uh, on on a some level, we as a culture, as a nation, like. Um, very, I feel like even more so since COVID, we're very divided. Yeah. And I feel like this idea of persistence and specifically seeking God in prayer is so important because I think it's almost lost yeah. in our culture and our society that we just, and again, I'm not trying to hate on our culture and our, our society. I live in this culture and yeah, society, yeah, right? right? Like right. I'm not trying to hate on it, but there's something where we're persistent in prayer and persistent in coming to God and persistent in seeking his will that that does grow our faith that we have to be mindful of, that yeah. we can't just simply dis disregard or discard what we're we're working through or just kind of pray for a couple of weeks and be like, well, it didn't happen, so I'm going to stop praying. Like, right. I think it's yeah. the faith of people that have prayed for years is yeah. something that I've always looked at and gone, man, I wish I had that. And I hope to one day be one of those stories of going, well, I had a father or a grandfather or yeah. or a pop-up or whatever you call for, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That prayed for me for years. years. Yeah, that's right. I hope that I will one day be this yeah. that yeah. story. Yeah. But it doesn't just happen. Right. Like there's well, there's and I was practice. I was thinking too that, you know, that's one of the great things about having um, a prayer list every week. Yeah, right. Sure. You know, I mean we start in staff every yeah. Tuesday by looking at the prayer list, you know, praying through different things yeah. for people and I think all of that is just so important for us. And it, it reminds us again that God hears our prayers, but it also reminds mm. us that God answers our prayers. Yeah. And and again, like we said earlier, it's not always the answer we're hoping for, but yeah. it is God's answer to us. And so, you know, we get a chance to sort of experience that and, yeah. and realize that that even when we're not faithful, yeah. God is. Yeah. God is always faithful to us. And that's yeah. that's so important. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, I feel like, let me just check, see if there's anybody that has made any live comments. Um, nope, there is not. And then let me just check one other location. No, we're good. So with that, where are we at? We're about 40, what does that say? 41? Man, I may, might need glasses. 47, 41. <laughs> I can't read that tiny little... I'm pretty sure it says 41, guys, so you just saw that. Um, so with that, I don't know. Is there any other questions or thoughts that you had? Um, before we wrap it up, I guess. Um, no, I think, you know, I, I yeah, no, I think we're good. I think we're good with all that. So um, so I do think, um, you know, one thing we need to realize is that that there are benefits right now that we experience. Like, yeah. for example, um, God does come and offer us forgiveness right now, yeah. new life, um, you know, all these kinds of things. And I think, so realizing that the kingdom sort of comes in these in these waves, maybe that's not a great analogy, but it comes in ways that we yeah. realize that we're being invited into that. And so the more that we're invited in, the more we understand how God's at work. And we also realize that God is at work changing us. And so yeah, right. so one of the things I always think about prayer is that um, the thing that prayer always changes is it changes me. Yeah, It changes me because when I start to um, when I start to really seek God and say, hey, God, I really, you know, I want you to show up. I want you to do this. After a while, I start to realize, you know, maybe I'm not, yeah. maybe I'm not focusing where I need to focus. Yeah. Like, yeah. how is it that God actually wants to work in that? And how does God want to help 
changed me is a really yeah. important piece as well. So an interesting part to that as we continue this coming week of acceptance, um, there's a parable of the the Pharisee and the tax collector, yeah. and his prayer is very unique. Like he mentions God, and then it's all about him. Like yes, so, I think yes. as we're kind of talking about prayer and Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. I think that you should, in your prayer especially, you should decrease and Jesus should increase. Yeah, that's in that. good. That's like, good. So, so we're going to see that a little bit more this coming week where this Pharisee, honestly, what he prays is like, God, I, I'm so thankful that I'm not like this sinner. Yeah. And he's like literally talking to a guy in the room. Yeah, like, the guy's right I'm there. I'm <laughs> so glad I don't lie and yeah, manipulate and yeah. steal from people like this guy does. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm so glad that like, so yeah. I think that that'll be an interesting continuation as we continue through chapter uh, 18 of Luke as we continue through our Christmas series. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. That was, I think I said, any final thoughts? No, I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm that good. was it. So thank you so much for joining us. As always, if you have any questions for us, we love when you submit questions. You can ask them either related to the message that we just heard or we just communicated about, or if they're just simply questions that you're you're thinking through, you're wrestling with, you're, you're trying to understand. We love any type of question. Honestly, it helps us even produce kind of these overtimes. If we're being honest, there's not much production value that goes into it. We just bring questions. But we love when you ask those questions. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. You can email us overtime at clcfamily.church. You can text us directly, 610-869-2140. Um, we would love to have any questions that you have. Um, if it's easier, you can call us. You can get in contact with us pretty much any way that our website says. We would love to have you be a part of that. So Amen. that's kind of all we've got. As a reminder, if you see that email, um, kind of the end of of this, the semester evaluation of Cal. We would love for you to fill that out and get that back to us. Um, we've got a ton of different things happening for Christmas this year. So if you go to our website, clcfamily.church slash Christmas or just clcfamily.church, top of the page, you'll see a link that talks about Christmas. We've got Christmas events that are happening this week. We've got Christmas events that are happening uh, next week. And it's crazy to think that next Friday, mm. next Friday, a week from Friday, will be our Christmas Eve service, which we'll, we'll have a five o'clock service and a seven o'clock service here. So we're excited for that. We would love for you and your family to join us. We are going to be doing, uh, do we still call it candlelight? It's a, it's a candlelight, oh, but right. it's like a twist it's a, battery yeah, candlelight yeah, yeah, just because right. safety. We live in yeah. a world in an age of safety all right? so, <laughs> and insurance. So we would love to have you be part of that. We will do a candlelight service and then kind of sing um, a joy to the world and uh, is it silent, silent night? night? Silent, yeah, silent night and joy to the world. So kind of two traditions that we have here at the church. So we're excited for that. I'm going to stop. I'm doing it again. I'm just saying announcement. So thanks for joining us. We hope you all have a great week. And as soon as I find my mouse, we'll be out of here. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya.